very, very, very good morning to you on Fellowship Day. I actually don't know today. When I upload the episode, the number will be on the poster, the number will be on the podcast webpage, on Spotify or wherever else you happen to be listening to the podcast. I have no idea for the first time I'm coming on to record because I know I might only have five minutes to do so. But such as the October, November time of the academic calendar that all things are in a state of beautifully organized chaos. Teaching is at its peak. Welcoming new master students to the team is at its peak. We are all guns blazing on both the teaching and the research sides of life and all other things beside. So that's why I don't know what day of the week it is, never mind what day of the fellowship it is for the podcast, but here we are. Here you are. Hope you're doing well. I hope to hear from you in the podcast Q&A. I'm still very much looking forward to doing more of the Q&A, ask me anything, answering or responding to your comments about the podcast. You can still do that on every single individualized podcast webpage that's on my website, dr-mark-read.com forward slash podcast. But that's not why I came on. That was just my opportunity to blow the trumpet and encourage you, encourage you to make this a two-way conversation. But why am I here? What am I actually thinking about? I haven't actually done many an episode with prompts or considerations regarding teaching. And if I'm being quite honest, that is the thing that is consuming most of my thought at the moment. I am on this current fellowship taking on undergraduate teaching for the first time in my academic career. Undergraduate teaching for a a one semester, third year chemistry class. Um, Details don't matter too much. Retrosynthetic analysis for those of you who happen to be in the same chemistry wheelhouse as me. But that's not the point. The point is, is that this for me, having spent most of my academic career, my independent academic career on fellowships, for those of you listening in who are not academics, fellowships are the fancy way we like to describe certain funded positions. I hold a fellowship that funds my salary, our team members, our chemicals that we buy, the equipment that we use in the lab, and some other things beside. But when you hold such fellowships, it's often the case that you're encouraged or, in fact, sometimes contractually obliged to minimize your teaching, to keep most of your time for the research side of your work, to establish your research niche, to get your first papers out, to put your stamp on something, to invest all of the time in difficult, unexplored, sometimes blue skies research that has yet never had necessary time invested to it. I stopped for a second to burp off mic. When I'm taking my kids to nursery, they're they're one and three now, especially the three-year-old. They vaporise food. They have a metabolism that has no peak. They have three breakfasts in the morning, one at home. And I burped off mic because we stopped at a shop for a roll and square sausage, a, an absolute delight, a Scottish delicacy for those listening in from outside the country. That's why I burped off mic because I too was letting my um, letting my guard down. I have no self-control when it comes to these things. I had my breakfast at home and then because my 
food vaporising three-year-old wanted a roll and sausage. I thought, ah, why not? It's towards the end of the week. Let's go for it. I have completely gone off topic for one little burp. Where was I? I wasn't talking about rolls and sausage. I didn't think I'd be talking about my kids, but here I am once again being that person who I never used to listen to. Teaching. I was talking about teaching. This is what's consuming me most at the moment because it's the biggest change to my academic calendar in my career to date. I have been mostly focused on research, my own leadership, my own training, building a small research team, building a a, a small portfolio of research outputs that we can call our own. But now I have teaching on the calendar. I'm in this for the long haul. I've asked to be part of the undergraduate teaching staff and that's why I find myself with this one semester course and it's been great I've taken that on uh, been passed on to it by a dear respected colleague who had done it for 10 years before me so I'm looking at this course I'm updating it with my own little flavors of the field doing one lecture a week supposed to do two tutorials for the entire semester I've decided to do one every week to try to cover most of the bases of stuff that quite frankly I might have missed in lectures the thing that is making me think about most or uh, has reminded me about the most and here we go towards something that could be a prompt for you no truer words have ever been spoken than to understand if you have learned something teach it to someone else to see how much you've learned teach it back to someone else and this not in the current undergraduate story that i'm telling you but when i first started as an academic in 2017 i wrote a lecture course a six lecture series for postgraduates so those who had already got their first degree but they were doing research day-to-day as phd students in the department so i wrote a course for our department and rolled it out as a video series to all universities in Scotland. That was back in 2017-18, before COVID. Before it was cool for all of us to kid on, we knew what we are doing with video production. But that's precisely why I did that back then, to understand how to make videos, how to mess it up, how to understand that I need to keep the mic rolling, the red light on, just to get all of the content out there and produce it later. When I first started doing things like what I'm doing now, I would repeatedly stop and start the microphone until I said something completely smoothly, completely rehearsed. That circles back to actually one of the reasons that I do the podcast is a continuous exercise to speak about a topic, to reflect on something, but most importantly, to ad lib it, to do it without a script to let the good shit stick and see what actually comes out of my mouth is the thing I think is most important to say without scripting it beforehand. I find myself slowly rolling down a tangent again. But this was to say that during that first teaching experience, before the undergraduate one I'm now faced with, as I taught a topic that I thought I was the expert in, I taught a topic that for me was something that I'd done in the later stages of my PhD. I'd spent two years in a postdoctoral position researching and was now trying to establish my own lab working in the same field. Again, for the broader audience here, it doesn't really matter. In short, 
it was focusing on teaching people an area of chemistry where understanding the time-based evolution of chemistry matters a lot, the kinetics, how does the story of chemistry play out in real time, and how can you use that as a clue to figure out how the chemicals are actually smashing together to make the pills and the potions that you really want. When I wrote that course, I learned things about that field that I'd never considered. I learned things because I was not considering not considering not considering it purely in my head, but struggling and trying to empathize with all of those who might be in a room or watching a video before me, all those who might be relying on me to improve their own understanding, and that scared me to no end. It was no longer the selfish need to train myself, but the responsibility of training others. And because of that, that jolted me, not only to think about how much I understood, how much I wanted to get across, but all the different ways to get it across. For example, the postgraduate course I spoke about has a lot of underpinning mathematics to it. That almost scared me away from the area before others showed me a different way. So in writing my own course, it wasn't a case of choosing whether to go with the mathematical route or another. It was to go with both or several. The maths being one part of it, but how can you show equations not as scary symbols, but as a digestible graph? How can you take away the specifics of a chemistry concept and replace it with an analogy that helps people get into the idea over a lower conceptual barrier. All of these things rolled out for the first time when I wrote that course. And it's only after teaching the course that I've now been able to feed that back in to research, to the thing that I think that I'm expert in and look at it in a whole new light, even though I was already in that field. And now it's happening again on a grander scale because the postgrad class was small. The postgrad class is for a more expert audience. But now I'm working with third year undergraduates, people, I guess, in their very, very early 20s at the oldest. I know I'm being ageist here. The, the age demographic is broader than that. There are people pivoting into chemistry from other careers. Some might be older. Most are younger. Let's face it, most are in their early 20s. And these are folks who have a lot on their undergraduate schedule. They're doing lots of lecture courses and other subfields of chemistry. The 10 lecture course that I'm giving them is by far and away not the only thing they're having to think about every day. They have the pressure of exams on their mind. So it's not purely about how much I understand this content not even how many different ways I can articulate the content to capture everyone in that 150 strong room. But how can I do so in a way that shows the understanding of everything else that they have to deal with, everything else that they are challenged by in their professional undergraduate life, to consider how intimidating it is to learn new concepts like the, those that I'm teaching them and realize at the same time that I can't be so selfish as to think that this is the only thing that they are learning. That's why, for example, after partly being convinced of this in conversation with a dear mentor, 
I took the decision to add in extra tutorials for this class because I realized that a lot of practice is needed to understand these concepts. And it was also a way to practice what I was wanting to preach, which is that me standing in front of them is not because I'm the sage on the stage, but because I've been someone who has practiced many examples of the content to make a million mistakes and more and get comfortable making those mistakes as a means of getting the feedback to get better. I've showed them the mistakes. I've showed them photographs of me when I was a third year undergraduate to show them that without saying this in, in so many words, you know, I pee and poop like everyone else and they shouldn't think or be fooled into thinking that I am somehow divinely inspired by this knowledge. I was once them, I was once the blank canvas who knew absolutely none of this. And it's keeping that level of empathy in mind that is the new bonus of teaching, the icing on the cake, the thing that goes beyond me reinforcing my understanding. It even goes beyond me improving my understanding because I've had to teach it back to someone else. It's now helping me broaden the empathy that is required to be a leader of so many people. That sounds utterly narcissistic. I actually almost stopped myself saying it. It was cringe as it was rolling out my mouth. What am I really trying to say? This level of teaching is refining the ways that I'm trying to understand the following. How do you speak so that others will listen? How do you teach so that others will learn? That's what I'm trying to do. And in a nutshell, that's the prompt for you. Where might you take on more teaching to first improve what you think you've already learned? And beyond that, how might you look at teaching as a way to learn how to speak empathetically? so that others in rooms large and small will listen to exactly what you have to say. There we go. In the end, I managed to get a full 15-minute episode out. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for sticking with my rabbles and tangents and detours. I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. I remain forever grateful on whatever day of the fellowship this happens to be when I go to find out before producing the podcast. Take care, and I will see you once again very soon for an episode of the Read Indeed podcast. All the very best.